You're listening to Disrupting Balance, the podcast, where we are busting myths and breaking balance. Here's stories from women who are pushing boundaries to navigate the decisions and changes that come with work, womanhood, and winning. I'm your host, Hanifa Barnes, speaker, decision strategist, and master imbalancepreneur. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Disrupting Balance podcast. We're on YouTube and we're on the podcast platform. So I am glad you are joining us today, whether you're watching or listening. I greatly appreciate it. This is the end of year check-in. It's our season four special with guests from our top episodes. And today in our guest chair, we have none other than Aquila Farrell. Hey! <laughs> to be here again, Hanifa. Like I missed you. I know. Every week. <laughs> I know. I know. I just we had such a great connection. And if if you're following Aquila, you you can tell her whole energy comes through her posts. You should be following her if you're not. And her information will be in the notes. But anyway, back to the reason why we are here. What's been going on? I know the last time we talked, you were moving and shaking as always. Yeah. And I know you've been moving and shaking now. What's the latest update with the business? The business has just taken off. I mean, I was sat down with my accountant and I saw my numbers for last month. And I was like, I actually squinted and moved in. I could not believe um, my revenue. Uh, I remember I'm a biochemist turned blogger. Mm-hmm. I'm making more now than I was at the hospital. Um, I'm just really grateful and I'm doing it because I really want to help people. It's not even about me. Um, I've realized that if I'm not helping people on my way to my goal, I'm not fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel very guilty and stressed out. So Mm. helping people is a major piece to my success and my business is doing really well. Um, This will be my best year in the midst of a pandemic. That's great. So let's talk about that business because you were in episode six, which was way back in June, believe it or not. And at the time we hadn't talked about Marvel made. So (laughs) yes. So I want to know about that. Is Hanifa Marvel made happened on its own. I mean, Marvel made, I've had that business for years, but when I pivoted to mask rather than my other product, Mm -hmm. it just picked up. You know, I was selling masks like every single day, like consistent orders. I had somebody order 50 masks from me at one time. Um, And that was added as a new revenue stream, but also like a new level of work Mm -hmm. um, and customer service. So definitely Marvel Made has done really well. We sell cloth face masks made here in Oakland, California, Mm -hmm. and um, they're all handmade by me. And it's really to me the demand. You know, I was looking online, I was reading about mask shortages, especially masks made in America. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Amer- Americans are very patriotic and really wanted to support local business. So I was like, oh, I can make masks. And I spent one Saturday night doing a couple mock-ups and that's the rest is history. So here I am um, basically being a source for masks for the city of Lo- Oakland. Um, I've been recognized. I've received so many grants to help me continue to build this business out because of COVID. I can't add someone else to my staff. Mm -hmm. Um, Sewing is so intimate and I'm working out of a very small space. Um, So hopefully in the new year, as things clear up and we get a bit, the numbers go down and, you know, I implement some strong public health policies. Mm -hmm. I'll bring somebody on. 
So making masks for someone who unfortunately missed your first episode, episode six, you should go listen. They may be wondering, you're sewing, making a mask. So let's talk about that. How is it you know how to make a mask? And so where did that all come from? So I'm, I come from a family of makers. My father's a carpenter. My mom's a dressmaker. My aunt is a creative, um, as well as an RN. And I just, I learned to to sew. Mm-hmm. As a child, I, I watched my mom um, basically have a, a dressmaking empire from our basement. She had an industrial machine. I actually shipped some of her machines here. You can see them right down here um, oh, yeah. because she no longer sews, but I want to keep the legacy alive and I want to use them. And she taught me how to sew. So sewing has been something I've been using to create outfits and like looks for my personal brand. But then I was like, oh, I can actually just sew a mask. And um, I tried different patterns. I created a design. And my husband's like, this is the one. And I, I've been using that same pattern to create a mask in different prints and different styles. So that is awesome. So I, I have so many things from the previous episode because you had so many gems. Okay. So one of them, and this is something I've used, it's up on my Trello vision board for inspiration. But you talked about the trampoline effect. Yeah. And you talked about how if you're on a trampoline, like the workout trampoline, mm-hmm. you can just bounce at a steady, spe- steady pace. Yeah. Right. And you'll right. be at that same level. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you said if you want to reach higher levels and I'm paraphrasing some of it, you have to actually go lower, oh, you know, and low thing that you brought up that story, because this year I had a really low dip. Huh. Like. Low, I'm thinking about it and I'm getting chills. A low dip. Yeah. But that height after that dip, Mm -hmm. I mean, that low was so low. I almost thought I was like going to go into like depression. It has nothing Mm -hmm. to do with COVID. It was all with business, Mm -hmm. more so business relationships. Mm -hmm. And I was like waking up at night with cold. So I was so upset about the situation. Mm -hmm. But you know what was the other side of that that height? Mm. The next couple of weeks is when I got my, my Forbes feature. Wow. Um, and I said, wow. wow, I had to go through that dip, that low dip. Yes. That hit hard for that hurt. Yeah. For me to be able to like really experience this next height. Yeah. Um, so that trampoline effect thing is very great. So when you're going through those lows, something really big is on its way. Yes. Um, yes. And that's what helps me like endure the lows because the lows hurt sometimes. They do. So, but you also mentor other up and coming strategists and folks who do this. How do you advise on that? Because, you know, you can hear, someone can hear it and say, okay, yeah, I get it. When things are bad, just know it's going to get better. But how do you really speak to them to help them understand the reality of going low? Yeah, I feel like you have to talk it out. You got to talk it through. Mm-hmm. So you, you're feeling all these different emotions. You feel betrayed. You feel hurt. You feel insulted. You feel like an imposter. You feel like, oh my gosh, like, am I really like, did I get scammed or was I scamming or mm-hmm. like all these different. And I just literally think them through. I let every emotion come to me. And I, I, I face it head on. Mm-hmm. And when you get, when you face it head on, every single emotion, fresh emotions or old emotions, you quickly are able to be freed from that. Mm. I feel like when we don't face the reality or the emotion, we, we get caught up in it. Hmm. So I was facing every single emotion. I also had a friend who I was talking through it with as well. And she was like, well, no, I don't think that's the case. You know, that's not who you are. And like, 
it just helped me really process my emotions because mm-hmm. it was painful. It's yeah. painful. So when yeah. I tell, when I mentor people, pr- go through the emotions. If it takes you three weeks to bounce back, take your three weeks, but don't rush through it and not address it. You have to address it. So did you, do you feel like when you go through that type of experience, there are people you let go and shed, or are there people you bring along and help grow with you? Yeah, what you is have, kind you of your process? Them. You have to let them go. Yeah. Um, and it's no hard feelings. It's just, I'm moving somewhere else that you are not going to help me in. You're not going to yeah. support me. Um, and then I have friends who've been with me through every stage of life, as yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but they're here for a different purpose, mm-hmm. but certain people, especially in business, when, you know, business relationships to get to the next level, you have to let some people go friendships. You have to let some people go, or you have to put them, you know, you got to put them on the bleachers rather than the front line yeah. or on the yeah. bench rather than starting five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's hard too. I mean, you know, I mean, I remember or recall having to do that, but not realizing what I was doing Mm -hmm. as I was getting growing up and getting older. And now I understand what that is, but it's not easy because they're tied to your identity in some regard, especially people that are close. And the thing that bothers me is the, the, or that you can get caught up is memories of those close. And then you know, you go back to that moment, you think, oh my gosh, I thought you were going to be with me when I got to this point. Mm -hmm. But then what I do is look around and I see the people who are with me at this point. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I cherish them. I love on them even harder because it's like, yo, you made it with me to this point. Yeah. Uh, And I'm really grateful because I need that support. You know, you need to know, you need to remember where you came from and your roots. Yeah. Um, That doesn't mean you need to have everybody that you started with, with you at the the end. Mm -hmm. Um, You just need to have the key people. Mm-hmm. Speaking of key people, you talked, you know, about your core unit, including your parents, your husband, your aunts, uncles, your brother, and how important they are and were to who you are yeah. and your process. And I know a while back you had the opportunity to go home mm. and visit. And I was there with you experiencing the lockdown and feeling it. I remembered the discussion you had about how important they are to you and how it was when you left after 30 years. Yes. So how was it going back emotionally and then leaving again? I know you were visiting throughout, but this particular experience with COVID and being able to see your family healthy, how was it for you? To to go back to Toronto and have to spend 14 days in quarantine, Mm -hmm. it was an ordeal. Um, it was challenging. It was heartbreaking. Um, it was hard because we had to spend 14 days to then spend 10 days. So wow. a lo- it's a lot of time away from my home. Yeah. Um, and as you know, with Marvel Made, I have to make all my products and ship it as well as just, I'm very into routine. Mm-hmm. So that routine change was really, it was really difficult. But that time that I was able to spend with my family mm-hmm. and my mom and my aunt, I would do 40 days of quarantine. Hmm. Wow. I would do a hundred days of quarantine. I would yeah. do 300 days of quarantine to spend one hour with my mother, one hour with my aunt to like be hugged by my brother. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And do you find that that time with them is about listening and being together and laughing and the memories what are you guys usually like enjoying with each other? Sorry. No, it's fine. 
Um, it's a lot about memories and spending time with each person individually. Mm-hmm. So we're spending a lot of time as a, in a group, but I spend time with like my aunt, mm-hmm. you know, asking questions because as I become a woman and my mom having dementia, there's a lot of things I, I won't be able to know from her. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of like talking to my aunt, asking like questions to see what's going to come up for me <laughs> in the next couple of years yeah. and spending time with my brother, you know, I, my brother and I, my brother is one of my closest um, people of my circle, like even closer than, you know, my fat, my parent, my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just spending time with him, just being mm-hmm. and tapping into him and his life. Um, and my dad, it's like, you know, my dad is very into giving. He'll give me anything. So it's mm. like, borrow my car. It's like, I don't need my car. <laughs> oh, like go to Costco, use my Costco card. It's like, <laughs> dad, I don't need your Costco card, but it's just those me kind of showing up and reintegrating in their lives. So, yeah. you know, I'll go back to my parents' house and stay in my room and like wear my robe. Like yeah. I almost feel like I'm back in university. Yeah. Um, and my husband, he usually stays with our, his family just so that we can spend that time with yes. him. We spend yes. the time together. Yes. And that's just strategic because if we're together, you know, we're taking care of each other. If we're separate, we can really take care and connect with the family. Yeah. And spending the time with my mom was interesting. She has dementia. And as the days go on, you know, her dementia, you know, is accelerating and progressing. But she still knows me. It's like my daughter, my everything. My daughter is beautiful. Aww. Look at my daughter. Um, my son-in-law, she's very in tune. And, you know, sometimes, you know, she doesn't remember. Thir- mm-hmm. Like she might not 100% identify me. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the most beautiful things she says is like, that girl has my face. Mm. She, I, I've heard her say that so many times. Mm. And that always makes me happy because it, she knows that we look exactly the same. <laughs> Yes, yes. You know, she she has my face just like me, you know, and it's just, I know there'll be a day where she'll not recognize me and those moments are what I cherish and take back to California with me. That, I mean, that's beautiful. I mean, you can tell like your parents put a lot of love into you, just how you even talk through that emotional experience. Yeah, my parents, my parents, you know, they hold some type of master plan on how to raise children. Mm. Um, and if I ever become a parent, I hope to be able to do the same. Yeah. My brother and I have become, you know, amazing citizens of the world. Yeah. I've accomplished great things and are just great people. And the two of us, when we talk to each other, which is like six times a day, we talk about what mom and dad did to make us mm. who we are. So. Mm. That's a blessing. Oh, yeah. huge. Wow. Yeah. You, I mean. What is this? This is a setup. <laughs> no, no, it's as pure, raw, just organic energy. Wow. Yeah, it's organic. I didn't think that was going to hit, but. No, and I tell you, it's, there's a connection. When we first talked, there's just something. I feed off of energy and I, I get that. And, you know, I appreciate you feeling safe enough to share that in this yeah. space. You know, I'm, you. I'm grateful, grateful for that. And so thank you. And in that vein, you know, you talked a lot about your calling. Mm. And so when I hear you talk about your experiences and your family and the choices you've made, this is nothing short of a major calling on your life. Yeah. You know, where do you see yourself going in the next 
couple of years, like your ideas around where you want to go. I know God has the ultimate plan, but what, what are your ideas for where you want to be in these next couple of years? Um, I, I found, you know, from our last conversation to now, I've done a lot of soul searching, a lot of career searching, looking at my skills and really like really pinpointing what are you really good at? Mm. What do you thrive in? What makes you, what could you talk about for one hour passionately? Mm-hmm. Um, and wh- how will that contribute to somebody else's life? And I've really identified that my passion mm-hmm. or what my calling in terms of business um, and my contribution to the world is going to be through email marketing. Um, mm. I've really figured out how to do email marketing. And I see that there's so many businesses that are lacking in email marketing and they have no strategy. And based off of all of my experiences from the first day that I started blogging to now have all been around using email marketing as a tool. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm going to use to like really impact the world and touch more people. The irony of that, of me pursuing email marketing, if your viewers are watching and they know my, know me, my husband is also in the industry of email. Mm. Oh, um, so we were actually in the kitchen one day and I'm like, it's crazy that I'm pursuing email and you're an email. Uh-huh. And I also feel like it's his influence as well. Um, but we've never collabed or ever sat down and talked about like, okay, he's stopping the bad guys. I'm trying to send the, send emails, you uh-huh. know, the same industry. Uh-huh. So it's a really, um, interesting pairing, mm-hmm. but it also just solidifies that this is the direction I want to go in. Um, as you know, I've worked with amazing brands all over the world, Fortune 500 brands, but it wasn't as satisfying as what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and really helping women, black women, you know, young women, um, businesses really take their email marketing to the next level. Simply so, because I know a certain platform. I mean, uh-huh, uh-huh. it's powerful. So if you could like you know, put it in a nutshell for someone watching or listening. Like, what is the gist of email marketing? What's the point? Why? Great, great question. Um, I think everyone hears about email marketing, but they don't really know, like, so what? Yeah. Um, So email marketing is like, it's as personal as having someone's phone number. Whereas social media, somebody can look at your page and leave, you know, if I send you an email, you're going to open it. (laughs) Um, and that's where the marketing piece comes to play. Mm-hmm. And that's why email marketing is so valuable. That's why Fashion Nova, Old Navy, and Gap continuously send you emails. That's why, you know, Etsy, Amazon continue to send you emails. They know the power of driving sales. Yeah. And not only that, community through email. Um, so for me, I think of social media as a great place to display your work But if you're not capturing emails, there's no way to convert those followers to paid customers or to community or to, you know, clients or leads. Mm -hmm. And that's where I've created an amazing strategy to how how to convert them. You know, Mm -hmm. we've heard the stories of people have 39 million followers on Instagram, but can't even sell one sweater. Yes. Yes. And that's because they needed an email marketing strategy to be able to turn these followers into you know, potential paid customers. So, you know, and a lot of bloggers are not doing email marketing. A lot of entrepreneurs are afraid of email marketing. A lot of 
people just don't know where to begin. Yep. And I've used so many different platforms. I'm really passionate about one, which is ConvertKit. Mm-hmm. And I've just seen it make thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars for clients. So why not? Yeah. Why not teach it um, and let people get more access to it? Yeah. Wow. So on that note, let's jump into our rapid fire. I guess I just call it that. It's not really okay. rapid. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it sounded catchy. Okay. But no. so on that note, then my question is what has been your greatest pivot? Mm. Um, pivoting to email marketing. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people would be like, Oh my gosh, but you were a blogger and you did all of these different and things. A biochemist. Biochemist. I mean, I was talking to my mentor, Janelle. She's like, you know, Quella, like you have a, you are, you have a king in your life and you have a queen in your life. Like two, you know, mm-hmm. um, chess pieces she's like your king is you know your your queen is your creative uh-huh but your king is your business side you're passionate about business and when she said that my ear is like open she's so right i'm very creative i can do anything i can do anything that i put my mind to i can create anything but the king for me is that business piece being able to run my own business, to make my own revenue, to really drive sales, to see those results, I'm addicted to it. Um, and I think that I've always been that way. Mm-hmm. Even before my interest into biochemistry, I just didn't know how to use it in my favor. So now that I do, there's no stopping me. I know. <laughs> I like it framed that way, the king and the queen in your life. These two like she said that yesterday. And I was wow. like, get these chick you have yeah and you're like what your queen is your creative but your king is that business side you understand the business she's like some people don't have they have it the other way the the king is the business the creative uh-huh. and the queen is the business so they're not really able to shine yep. Like, yep. Whoa. wow Ooh. that's good Ooh. okay next. So, <laughs> so you w- were and are the partnership queen yeah what has been your favorite partnership if you're able to say that. Without... Yeah, I can talk about okay, think, good. <laughs> um, an amazing company that I worked with this year and I'll be working with them again is Bed Bath & Beyond. Really? Um, Bed Bath & Beyond is an amazing, like they, their influencer team just gets it. Yeah. They're not pushing you. They're not harassing you. They're letting you be creative. And with my new house in Oakland, there's so much I can do with it. And mm-hmm. I, I did a partnership with them earlier this year for National Watermelon Day, and it went so well. So I'll be working with them again for cozy holidays. So look out for that. Oh, that's nice. Okay. And, shop the, and go there and shop. And shop, yes. Curbside pickup right now. You can shop online and then pick it up, or you can get same-day delivery. This is not nice. sponsored. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for that disclaimer. <laughs> okay. What has, you talked about liking challenges, you know, um, through your life. What has been one of the most impactful um, and hardest challenges for you? Mm -hmm. So making friends as an adult was challenging. Yep. Um, Showing up in in San Francisco and I don't know anyone. Um, I know my husband and he's traveling. He was literally traveling every week because he was working. Mm-hmm. Um, that was challenging. I found a group of friends that I thought were going to be my friends and they weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found another group of friends and they're literally my rocks now. Mm-hmm. Um, but is that common? No. 
did that require a lot of prayer? Yes. Mm-hmm. Because I realized in Michaela, you really can't just rely on your friends in Toronto. You need like friends here. You need to go to, for coffee. This is pre-COVID. You need to be able to like have a little buddy to go to the mall and like do those things. So when I found that group, it just, it elevated me to the next level. I was doing well with business, but to have that friendship group and not even friends, people like, you know, somebody, another successful blogger that I've worked with and who's been a mentor to me, he told me, he's like, you know, like, I know you want to chill with people your age, but try to connect with people who are older. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? He's like, because when they're older, they're more likely to want to like really nurture you. Mm-hmm. They're not competing. They've already mm-hmm, done mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. So they're really willing to like invest that time yes, um, to help you grow. Yeah. So with this group, they're a bit older than me. But when I sit with them, I just sit in like a hive of knowledge and wisdom and wealth. Even if we're in, you know, Beverly Hills for lunch at the Ivy or we're in Rodeo Drive shopping, it, the conversation, it can be beat, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, I'm just so thankful that I found them. Um, we call ourselves the Real Housewives of Silicon Valley because we all live in <laughs> the Bay and, you know, they are accomplished women, Harvard grads. Yeah. One is a lawyer and a accountant. We yeah. have partners at firms, um, but we're just so humble still knowledgeable and they'll set you straight if you're if you're not on the right path it's just it's just love so that is wonderful yeah it's just wonderful. love so your disrupting balance statement was i am disrupting balance by pivoting in the best direction does that still stand for you today or would you augment it at all yeah yeah i love a good pivot and i know some people would be like oh cool is changing and no i'm reinventing myself mm-hmm to match where I'm at. Mm. Like beyond your comfort zone lies, you know, where you're supposed to be. So I could have just stayed, you know, I could have just continued blogging and just like do that. But I realized there's something else that I'm interested in. Yeah. Let me pursue that. And it's worked in my favor. So yeah, pivot. I love that word. And I'm pivoting in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And I'm always going to test the waters. Oh yeah. That's, that's always, one thing I can always, do always, always. Well, thank you so much, Aquila. I am so grateful to have you here and always grateful to talk and chat with you. Um, those of you who are watching and those of you who are listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, I'll have all the information to connect with Aquila in the notes until next time. See ya. Bye everyone. Thank you for listening to Disrupting Balance. To learn more about how I'm in Disrupting Balance, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest at Disrupting Balance. You can also check out my website at www.disruptingbalance.com to get podcast updates and news from the Balance Disruptor community about how you can become your very own master in balancepreneur. Talk soon.